2: They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zeppound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
1: Hello and welcome to Clash of the Titles, the podcast that normally sees two movies with something in common go head-to-head to see which one does it better. But this week, we're your best mate as you get an extra show... Absolutely free on our Planet of the Apes Triple Threat Week. So, on Monday, we went through the original 1968 Planet of the Apes. On Thursday, we were taken to a world of pure reimagination in 2001's Planet of the Apes. And today, we see an ape trilogy start afresh in 2011's Rise of the Planet of the Apes. We're talking about huge potential for millions of people. Our therapy
0: enables the brain to repair itself. We call it
1: the cure.
2: I want you to start testing on chimps, ASAP. We test one subject. I want to make sure it's stable.
1: I designed the 112 for repair, but Caesar's gone way beyond that. You mean increased intelligence? The skills that far exceed that of a human counterpart. We will have a winner at the end of the show, but which film will it be? Let's find out. It's Clash of the Titles. Release the Kraken. Hello, Clashbotters. Stupid monkey, he'll learn Sue's boss soon enough. I'm Alex Zade.
2: I'm Vicky Crompton. I'm Chris Tilly. Uh, how are you both, Victoria? Are you well? Yeah, I'm really well, thank you.
1: Good. Yeah, Excellent. Um, I will say this, looking forward to having you back in the studio soon, Chris. We miss you, mm. don't we, V? Yeah. yeah, I miss you too. Oh, that's nice. I didn't think he'd say that. No, I, I didn't. You were
2: taking the piss and he'd no, say was I wasn't nice taking the piss. I
1: oh, actually okay. wasn't. I genuinely missed Chris. You yeah. thought he was going to
2: go, oh, fuck <laughs> off. Oh. Yeah, I'd
1: be like, well, I don't miss you. And I was going to be like, I hey, job, Chris. And then we'd have a little five, See, That was really tender, really tender moment. Right, let's crack on. Ready for the big day, though, both of you. We are declaring a winner from Planet of the Apes 1968, Planet of the Apes 2001, and Rise of the Planet of the Apes today. Do you think you
0: know your winner already? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I do. Chris, you pretty certain about yours? I flip-flopped all week, but I, I've come with a winner.
1: Oh. Which sounds okay. a bit weird. I certainly <laughs> know mine. Definitely know mine. Definitely know mine. Uh, well, before we declare that winner, we have to go through today's movie. So it's time to hail Caesar. Let me take you on a journey. Saffron Burroughs and James Franco are a couple of the most unlikely scientists in the world. But fuck it, Mark Wahlberg was an astronaut earlier this week, so all bets are off. Anyway, together they are working on a cure for Alzheimer's by fucking around with the brains of chimpanzees. sharks quicker than you can say Chimpan Shark. The Chimpan Sharks grow clever and escape the underwater ape jail run by Brian Cox and Draco Malfoy, who are angry because of LL Cool J's cooking. Running amok across San Francisco, the Chimpan Sharks are now on horseback and in one of cinema's great modern action sequences, they outthink the police force and escape into the Redwood Forest, eating saffron burrows along the way, but sparing James Franco because they love that he had the balls to play basically the same character here that he did in the Pineapple Express, except wearing a white coat. Ladies and gentlemen, for your consideration, Rise of the Planet of the Apes.
2: I just nearly threw up because when you said saffron burrows, I was like, fuck I've watched the wrong one <laughs> and I've seen these ones as well but I was like she's not she's not, she's not in it and then you were doing a thing and that's fine I was doing but a just thing. for a minute
1: I was playing on the fact that this is Deep Blue Sea yeah. with a monkey
2: really brilliant but I just couldn't concentrate because I just had a white hot panic your
1: Your fear was felt in this side of the studio I was like what have I done yeah. have I sort of gone <laughs> I, I had something happen to Saffron Burroughs in the last 24 <laughs> hours and it's like a really bad <laughs> joke to be making
2: yeah, yeah no no sorry <clears throat>
1: it just went over my head a bit, but well, I was just in the deep Lucy things. Cool, it's funny. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> it's okay. Thanks for the review. Hey, um, right. What's your history with this movie?
2: I have seen it. I oh, know it's unbelievable. I have seen Previous it. Previous
1: to this watch. Yes, right. obviously. <laughs> yeah, I've seen
2: <laughs> just it. Just because a minute
1: ago you were like, fuck, I've watched the wrong movie. I'm <laughs> like, know. are you now covering? <laughs> I do
2: get them confused. The the whatever, the what is it, the war trilogy. Have uh, you seen the whole trilogy then? I believe I have. Right. I might not have seen the, the most recent one. I've definitely seen the one after this as well. Um but it's nothing memorable. It was just on and I watched it. And I, the reason I wanted to watch this, having said before that the other Planet of the Apes I, that passed me by, I wanted to see, the, obviously, the huge fuss that was made about Andy Serkis. I wanted to see what the fuss was about. But also, it took away from, for me, the sort of the, whatever that feeling is. where It's like, oh, it's a person in makeup. Once that's gone, I'm like, okay, cool. The more up thing I can get with that because it'll look like a fucking monkey. It's unbelievable as well. It's unreal. It's mm. so good. Mm. So, yeah, I've seen it.
0: Chris? Yeah, watched it in the cinema because I was covering this at the time for IGN and I think everyone was pleasantly surprised. It was one of those films where I think people were expecting the worst and then it was better than potentially most of us were expecting. And yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it, although um, I hadn't clocked the Deep Blue Sea thing then, but I did on this watch and it was a bit upsetting realising quite how closely it mirrors that movie. Yeah, yeah, I watched. I got that on the first watch. I was like, "Fucking
1: Alzheimer's, clever monkeys, yeah.
0: scientists meddling."
1: I was like, "This is Deep Blue Sea, completely." But there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that because Deep Blue Sea is a good film. We should do that, maybe with Anaconda.
2: Definitely, that sounds like a
1: good idea. Uh, yeah, I'm, mine's the same as yours, Chris. I watched this and uh, cinema for the press screening to review it. And I, I didn't, I never thought it was not going to be good. I just was literally, because as, as it may have come across a little bit this week, I've never been a massive Planet of the Apes fan. This isn't a series. This isn't like the original movie, this isn't a movie that excited me. And, you know, I was like, Ugh, I got to watch this. And I did walk out going, fucking hell. That was a really nice surprise. That was a lot better than it had any right to be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was a good. It was a good experience. So, and just 2011. Listen to this. Good year for film. This is what else came out in 2011: uh, Fast Five, Mission Impossible, Ghost Protocol, Source Code, Tinker Tailor Soldier Spy, and Moneyball.
2: Oh. great yeah. year for film. Yeah,
1: you know, because you sometimes go, "Oh, cinema isn't what it used to be." Look at all those great films on there. Original ideas as well, most and some of them four of them. them. (laughs) Four (laughs) of them. Right, a little bit of a uh, backstory on this movie. It's loosely based on the original franchises film uh, Conquest of the Planet of the Apes. Uh, There's a character called Caesar in it who is the son of Cornelius and Zira who've travelled back to the 1970s just before Charlton Heston blows up the Planet of the Apes because he has a Bit of a mood on, so he sets up a bomb anyway. They come back to the 1970s in the UK, uh, not in the UK, in the world. Uh, then a virus kills all cats and dogs, and so Caesar becomes the sort of pet slave for humans, eventually leading a revolt against the humans and thus beginning Planet of the Apes. So that's the original. Um the actual story of this movie begins with the husband and wife writing duo of Rick Jaffer and Amanda Silver. Uh they are very good. And this is quite nice. I think I think you know, if he wasn't with Amanda Silver, you and you and Rick would probably get on because he, he likes to cut out clippings. Um for potential stories for them to write together. Okay. Little newspaper clippings. And one of his favourites to cut out was, uh, uh, she says, uh, he was fascinated about chimps being raised in human homes and what invariably <laughs> happens in all these instances is that a chimp grows into an aggressive, powerful animal and things go awry. Um, I, <laughs> I think Rick would have appreciated uh, if Amanda had gone, and they ripped the testicles <laughs> off men. <laughs> I think he'd yeah. have liked that. I'm just saying, you know, yeah. it doesn't work out with either. Or I
2: could just get in the middle of them. Yeah. We could do three. Yeah. That's fine. Be a thriple. Yeah. (laughs) Sorry. I'm just yeah, I think that's great. I like to be able to surprise you. I do.
1: It's it's always, always a surprise. Always there's always something on every show. (laughs) Uh, So, anyway, she goes on to say, Rick saw these articles and knew there was a juicy thriller in there somewhere for us. And then he had a crazy light bulb epiphany and he said, oh my God, this is a great way to reboot Planet of the Apes. And he came to me and he said, honey... We're going to reinvent Planet of the Apes. And I kind of faked a smile, a supportive smile, and said, Well, how the hell are we going to do that? And he started talking about the character of this chimp, and that's how Caesar was born. So it came from the articles that you were referencing at the top of this, these stories of chimps and going into facilities. They also talk about how um, Project Nim have you seen Project Nim, the documentary about the chimp that goes mistreated after? Mm, no. Horrible. It's. <laughs> Yeah, really, really upsetting. It came out, I think, the same year as this movie. So there was that in their minds as well, which ends up being Caesar going to this facility, the ape jail that we see in the film. Um, The one thing they do say is that in the early drafts, and I think they said there was about 30 drafts that they did of this, um, Caesar was really motivated by revenge early on. And they talk about him having a story arc like Michael Corleone, like a Godfather kind of story arc. And... um, and it was kind of bleak. And then they said, as we went on, we realized just how much we love this character of Caesar. And we didn't want it to be that bleak. And mm-hmm. so that's why we pulled back on all of that. And it's kind of a much more positive story mm-hmm. for Caesar. We'll talk about some of the alternate endings, which I, I didn't know about until I started um, looking at it this week. Um Rupert Wyatt is director. There's no interesting story there. He was basically, he'd done one prison break drama. Um called The Escapist in 2008. He was on Fox's list. They were interviewing a lot of people. He went in, went, this is kind of something I'd really like to do. Fox liked him. He liked them. Um, Voila. He ends up getting the gig. And I don't really know what happened after this. I mean, the story is, with regard to Matt Reeves taking over on the sequels, is that Fox set a release date for 2014, and he was like, I cannot deliver the sequel in that time frame. And it sounds like they walked. he walked away amicably because, you know, he talks about this fondly even now. There's no bad blood. Mm. But it just seems like a weird thing. Like, mm-hmm. you deliver this movie, it's a big hit. Yeah. It's fucking great. Yes. You talk about wanting to do the sequels and then they go 2014. You go, no. But somebody else could. Somebody else did exactly yeah. that really well. Yeah. So very strange. But that's that. Casting-wise, it wasn't always going to be James Franco. It was going to be his Spider-Man co-star, Toby Maguire who was in talks to play that role and um, apparently got the script, went away, <laughs> came back. And the way you read it, it sounds like Toby Maguire felt he was in a position at that point in his career to go, I have notes. These are my notes. Uh, this is what I think needs to happen to the script. And Fox went... Bye. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty much how it happened. He came in with notes and they were like... I, we're know. not taking notes. <laughs> well, that's it. I think there is a there, there are actors who, you know, can legitimately do that. You know, I'm sure like, you know, your George Clooney's, uh, you know, walk into a room and go, I've got notes. And they go, tell us, George. But for whatever reason, go not in that category. Uh, so they went, no, 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 it's fine. James is here. And James Franco takes over. Um, other than that, you know, there's a lot of stuff uh, that Peter... Peter, Peter, Peter! Like uh, we're big fans of this movie because, then they gave uh, they gave Fox and indeed Rupert Wyatt like special Peter awards for not using fucking real chimpanzees. Mm. Um, shouldn't get an award for that? Should just not happen. But it's nice that they gave them awards, and so you know it celebrates the fact that it was all done by Weta, who do a fucking great job. Um, I I can't bring myself to go into all the details about mocap. Andy Serkis is a god at this. He's freaking brilliant. And yeah, Weta are just genius people at this. I once went down there and did it. I think I've told you this story. I did mocap down at Weta and it's crazy fun and they're all (laughs) lovely. And yeah, uh, it's just great to see what they can do. Anything to add, Chris? No, good job. Thanks, man. Hmm, I miss you even more now. All right, then let's go through this fricking movie. Uh, So we're in the jungle and friendly chimps just fucking minding their own business, man. They're doing their thing. They're being lovely. And then some bloody hunters turn up and immediately place the viewer on the side of the chimps. Yeah, that's a good point. From their very off, it's like humans are dickheads. Chimps are lovely. Interesting that they chose to use like chimpanzees that are all having a great time. As opposed to chimpanzees that murder and kill other chimpanzees. <laughs> which is,
2: that's a good point because. From rival
1: tribes. In and, um, Tim Burton's groups.
2: Planet VX, Helena Bonham Carter occupies a space where she's like, You humans confuse me with your brutality and your whatever. Mm. It's like, you lot are at it. We mm. know this.
1: I ended up watching, I mean, granted, this is my fault because I typed in cannibal chimpanzee. But I ended up watching that scene, which anyone who watched Planet Earth will have seen. where yeah. It's like where they, they go into one group and kill a young yeah. male. And then you're just watching chimpanzees, like, like chewing the flesh or flaps of skin of other chimpanzees. Yeah. Like, they
2: rape, they murder, mm. they ostracise each other.
1: Yeah. If it if they'd been doing that at the start, you'd have been like, fun, get them! <laughs> Put them in ape jail, sickos. But no. Um, so, section one, I'm calling Bright Eyes... <laughs> Burning in the dark. We're at Genesis Labs, uh, competing with Terminated Genesis for stupid ways to spell Genesis. So stupid.
2: It's <laughs> missing a letter. Uh, it's
1: just, yeah. So, Genesis. Genesis. <laughs> uh, James Franco has a white coat on. So, he is different from James Franco in every other film. Fuck
2: me. He's <laughs> terrible in this film. So, <laughs> I'm going I'm to I'm be nice about his film because it is a good film. There's lots of stuff that's not good about it. And mm. he's maybe at the top of that list. He is. Yeah. Ch-
1: It's so... I mean, the way the story goes, like, the start, you're like, fucking James Franco. Just doing James Franco. It's like, you know, it's like you're not even trying. You've gone... Well, if I'm wearing a white coat, clearly I'm a scientist, so I don't actually need to do anything fucking different. But it's great when the halfway point where you suddenly go oh shit it's not his story yes
2: exactly it doesn't matter mm. because more Caesar is fine mm. it's absolutely fine that he is window dressing by that point because yeah. who cares
1: yeah but it's a great moment because at that point you're like I'm kind of so
2: relieved and I can tell you the actual <laughs> moment it happens we'll get to it where he goes to the monkey sanctuary and he's like if you hurt him I'm going to have this place shut down and you're like how the fuck would you even do that <laughs> James Franco and at that point you're like well that's not even possible let so me get fine. my
1: white coat from the car then you'll <laughs> yeah. listen to me Oh, you
2: a big boss now no.
1: uh, uh, so we meet Bright Eyes uh, who's been stolen from her jungle home and it's um, Bright Eyes um, you mentioned Terry Notary on well, the last connection between the two he's uh, doing the mocap for Bright Eyes who was the uh, teacher of all the monkey school ape school taught them all how to walk uh, and Tim Roth's stunt double in the Tim Burton version that we did on Thursday. Uh, so uh, Bright Eyes has been treated with a drug to cure Alzheimer's, which has allowed her to read the script for Deep Blue Sea. And she knows <laughs> she's playing the role of the shark that attacks the kids on the boat. Only her praise a room of investors for who uh, who are putting like investing in this Alzheimer's drug. And they're like, yeah, cool, we're going to invest. We're going to invest. You just gunned down a monkey in front of us. <laughs> like, you had no protocol to just, like... <laughs> Even tranquilize it. You're just like fucking chimps. His... <laughs>
2: fucking yeah. get it. Fucking throw a grenade. It's not gone well.
0: It's not gone well.
2: <laughs> it hasn't gone well. <laughs> it's it's fun though. Not yeah. I mean, but the 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 editing and the direction where they're like, you'll see just how much progress we've made. Yeah. Smash 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 <laughs> smash. It's
1: really funny. <laughs> fucking get it. It's like this. Surely you it's just like you know how to deal with this. You work in a facility full of animals. Yeah. There's a protocol. Calling the here. whole Lock down system the of this
2: pharmaceutical company is bullshit <laughs>
1: I've got a knife i fucking
2: have it <laughs> <laughs>
1: fucking have it
2: they've got no HR is a nightmare <laughs> there if someone goes off sick they don't really try and find out where he is which is a big issue I think if you're working with experimental <laughs> drugs it's bananas and I just I think David are your, um, your was character it's such a shame that all he gets is I care about money he doesn't have a single sentence where he doesn't say profit money or business All he ever says is like, this is a business, goddammit. It's like, is there nothing else to your character? And he will flip
1: wholeheartedly between entirely different standpoints based on whichever makes him richer. uh, Which is, you know, it's fine. It's interesting. We'll we'll talk about that. But yeah, so at this point, David Oyelowo is uh, not happy. Uh, He plays Jacob as David Oyelowo. And he's uh, not happy because he's not going to make any money now because of the gun down monkey death. Uh, (laughs) So Franco goes home all bummed out. Uh, And I will say this. I'd forgotten that I'd forgotten the fucking John Lithgow story uh, yeah. in this from the last time I watched it, and he turns up, and I was sort of all ready for ape jail and all of that, and then I was like, "Oh, oh shit, poorly, Dad." This yeah. movie packs that punch as well, and I wasn't really ready for that. I'd what did of... you
2: find it affecting,
1: uh, John? I think John Lithgow. John is great. Lithgow is
2: amazing. Hmm. It's a shame James Franco has to be in the scenes with him. To be honest, <laughs> um, yeah, he is—he's brilliant. I, I just think that storyline just gets a bit underserved because he's. I understand why he's got to have dementia and it, that mirrors what's going on. But there's he refuses the, the, good, the good drug, but he doesn't refuse the other one. And, and then he dies anyway. And it's like, what is the point of your story here? Other than that you have got dementia and you connect with the monkey. Yeah, I think,
1: uh, yeah. Because, yeah, this, he brings home the second drug after he's improved it. Yeah. But the guy at that point, he's like, I think it's maybe that he doesn't, Maybe he has some sort of muscle memory, like of like being better, and he can't go through that again. Yeah, to then lose it all over again. He's
2: very chilled as well. Like he's like, "Son, I'm not sick anymore." It's like, but you might drop dead in twenty four hours because he's very experimental. <laughs> like, don't get cocky. Is what I'd say. Don't book a holiday.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh, so my section two is called <sighs> AP
0: Family. <sighs> <laughs> Yeah. So, just to go back um... to to one thing, Alex, why why didn't those scientists, if they're scientists and they're supposed to be scientists, why didn't they clock that she was pregnant, Bright Eyes? Yeah,
2: that's what I was just about to say. She gets pregnant and gives birth, and no, how did how did she get pregnant? How did they not know? How did she give birth without them noticing? What a shit science lab.
1: Yeah, I mean, as evidenced by everything that happens, you know,
2: true. Fucking kill it! Um yeah,
1: that's true. But he does take baby Caesar home, this uh, this miracle mystery oh, birth.
0: Yeah, okay. uh, it's cute, isn't it? It becomes a uh, remake of Bigfoot and the Henderson's now.
1: Yeah, that's true. Uh Franco gives his dad the Alzheimer's drug and it works. Um and then they uh, take Caesar to the Caesar to the zoo in a pram and sort of go, look, those are some other monkeys, you're not like them. <laughs> but there are vets at zoos, so <laughs> let's go and hassle this woman. Freda Pinto, and uh, yeah, and she's like. Then he uses like the weirdest chat line. Like he's, he's like, he said, "You should go on a date with me." Yeah,
2: oldest trick in the book doesn't work with actual kids. I'll tell you that for free. <laughs> My son says that we should go out with each other. That doesn't work. Daddy is the here. <laughs> <laughs> Shh, no. What? No, no, daddy, Daddy's,
1: no. Been, Daddy's been gone a long time. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He calls every man daddy. You can be his daddy if you like. And <laughs> go for a drink. <laughs> uh, we get them going to the Redwoods. So we see the Redwoods. Uh, we know that's coming back. And like that, we're into section three. <laughs> They get worse before they get better. I did say that. All right. Traple in paradise. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Fuck it. Uh, It's now five years later and Caesar has all grown up and has a jumper on. (laughs) You know, because he's gone through puberty. Yeah, he's
2: put a top on. But in in all seriousness, the change from boy to man by that actor is incredible. It's incredible. Like, I'm in love with it. Like, I was blown away.
1: What you mean by like Caesar, like the yeah. way he's performed?
2: The i they say on the behind the scenes, and everybody knows this about Andy Circus, but there's no actor like who can emote the mm. way he can. Because obviously he's got to get that through all the tech. And the looks on Caesar, and obviously the studio have got like so much credit for doing what they did. The looks on his face, his face acting is mm. off the fucking chart. Like it's unreal good.
1: It's weird. There was one quote I found somewhere, I can't remember when I found it. They were like, I think Terry Notary stepped in and did some of the Caesar work because there were points where they said Andy was acting past the character, like he's so good at it now. Like, and and like they need Caesar to emote less, yeah. Like, which is, I don't quite understand what that was about, but yeah. But either way, I mean, Circus is so good at doing this. Um, anyway, Caesar sees a dog on a lead and is like, "Hang on, I'm on a lead. Mm. Wait, am I you or am I that?" And you get that whole thing about Caesar trying to understand his place in the world. Yeah. Um, the miracle drug, yeah, Traple in Paradise. Miracle drug stops working on Lithgow and his Alzheimer's comes back with a vengeance, which leads him into a conversation, uh, confrontation with their dickhead neighbor, <laughs> who is like a massive dick, um, who already hates Caesar after the chimp. Like he has a row with his dog or something, does he
2: bursts through the garden or something? Yeah. Scares the
1: kids. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this guy crashes the dickhead's car, and so the dickhead goes to beat up an elderly man with Alzheimer's, <laughs> uh, proving at this early stage that he definitely deserves Simeon flu. Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, then Caesar comes to the rescue, but things are about to get even worse for Caesar. Section four: a stay in the penape tentury. That's good. Yeah, you know, yeah, I like that. The later ones. The flaws. Bad. Yeah. Um, I just get excited for the later oh, ones. Okay. Uh, you'll you'll really like the later ones if you like pen eight potentially. I, which I do. Do you really?
2: Yeah. All right. Don't be nervous. All All right. Right. I do. I'm not
1: nervous. Just like it matters to me your opinion, right? Uh, so I also forgot Brian Cox was fucking in this. Uh, totally. So did
2: I. So weird.
1: <laughs> he's so good though. Yeah, he is brilliant. Yeah, I mean he's coasting a bit here, but he's like a little bit. he's like he's just like playing a bastard. Brian Cox is. I mean, look, Brian Cox is good in everything apart from Troy. But then no one's good in Troy. <laughs> So, he's good in this.
0: Chris, Brian Cox in this? He's fine. Uh, I'd say he's better than Draco is.
2: Oh, uh.
0: Yeah.
2: I mean... Did you notice what Tom Felton's character name is?
0: Yeah, Dodge Landon. Dodge Landon, that's yeah, cool.
1: Yeah, named after the two astronauts in... The one you did.
2: Planet of the Apes. Planet
1: of the Apes, right? That's what we're doing here. Um, So this is where this is this is where uh, Brian Cox is lying through his fucking teeth going, this is a beautiful place for apes to stay. You'll have a great time here. It's lovely. Everyone gets on. We're all friends. We hug in the evenings. I make them tea and you're like, bastard. Um, But it's when they say bye to Caesar through the <gasps> glass,
2: yes, it's heartbreaking. Mm. Not James Frank and Frida Pinto, sorry, but mm. no, but Caesar. He doesn't know because Caesar's gone gutting. in there.
1: Caesar's gone in there, like, cool. You mean I can just go have a bit of a play, have a look around, and then they're like, we're gonna go now, and he's like, I do not fund. Like the expression on his face is oh, awful. Like he, like I, what's going on? Yeah, like part of me is that fucking thing with Simon where I'm like, I have to go and record the podcast and he's like, (laughs) stares at me and he's like, but I can come, right? And I'm like, no, because you're a dick. (laughs) You
2: you... (laughs) don't know anything about film, Simon. (laughs) And if
1: you just stayed in, I would bring you, if you could get on the chair and just sit there in silence, but you'll be like, we'll get 10 minutes in and Chris will be doing a really important bit and like you'll be like, and then Chris will be like pissed (laughs) off and then they'll be fucked. So... Yeah, anyway, this bit really really hits. I'm impressed yeah. that it did it to you, though. Yeah,
2: of course. Because uh, that's his child.
1: And it's not a real animal. It's
2: not a real animal, <laughs> so I care more about a pretend animal, which I do. But it, that's it. James Franco says, I'm your father. Mm. So that's his dad. His dad is leaving his kid, and he's, he's at that awkward age where he thinks he knows everything, but he doesn't. You know, it's really, really... He's not actual child children in some ways the younger they are the easier they are to distract basically but a te- he's a sort of a teenager isn't he where he does know what's going on but he can't process or handle that the mm. sort of rush of emotion really really sad
1: heartbreaking moment um And then Tom Felton. Yeah. Right, give him his name. Tom Felton turns up, finally breaking free of his Harry Potter character.
2: (laughs) (laughs) You won't time cast Felton, you hear? You might try. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, How'd you like that, Potter? (laughs) I'm
0: too wily for you. Give me any role. Totally different. I'm fucking chameleon. (laughs) I'm done with one-dimensional villains. What you got for me now?
1: (laughs) I feel so... I mean, the weird thing is it's like, you, you, he, he must have read it on the page and gone, I mean, come on, guys. I mean,
2: please help me out. <laughs> Just,
1: can I not play the Franco role? Like, the yeah, something anyone, different. Yeah, anyone. Like, <laughs> stupid monkey! <laughs> 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 Um, Anyway, Uh, meanwhile, outside of Ape Jail, uh, while Tom Felton is bullying Caesar, uh, Franco is working on a new virus strain to make the Alzheimer's medicine better. David O'Yellowo isn't interested until Franco says those magic words, increased intelligence, which David O'Yellowo hears and processes as money, money, money. (laughs) Uh, And so he goes, you can have anything you need. Uh, Jacobs gives Franco anything he needs uh, like for example this really fucking terrifying looking ape called Cobra who you like not that one don't give that anything that makes it look at it <laughs> it's already been in so many facilities you know it's clever and j- but also look at it and go do I want to make that smarter <laughs> <laughs> it's so scary uh, and plus what is Cobra, where does that? Where's that come from? It's one of Joseph Stalin's aliases. <laughs> that's where the name comes from. Can I have me my Alzheimer's special intelligence medicine because I want to get out of here and eat your face. <laughs> so that's Cobra. Uh, so they give Cobra like, the new impressive thing. Uh, but Franklin... Uh, who's Fra- Franklin? Franklin, like, why? It's it's, it's a trope. I suddenly realised watching this. Like, every lab has a sort of greasy bearded, mm. slightly fatter, mm-hmm. like guy who's like, yeah, yeah. Whoa, Sorry about that. <laughs> and my mask. I forgot where I put it. Oh, I dropped a test tube with virus in. Oh, yeah, no, cobra's licking my face. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. So anyway, he screws everything up. Poor Franklin. Um. And then as all this is going on, you have got the heartbreaking stuff in chimp jail. Caesar. I mean, all the best stuff is, like, around Caesar. He's trying and failing to get on with the other apes. Oh, it's like
2: his first day at big school. Mm. It's horrible. The yep. poor thing.
1: sort of, like, chucks a ball
0: towards them and they're like...
2: What, yeah. What I'm like, you- what the fuck? You just throw a ball at me. Yeah, it is that. It is
0: that the fact do you do that for me. I know. It's awful. Why are you wearing clothes, you idiot?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's
0: got his little jumpy on.
2: Oh, <laughs>
1: <laughs> So, yeah, uh, Caesar fails to get on with the other apes, um... I mean, I've told you my theory before. I'll go into it really briefly. The reason that I think Caesar is so um effective is because like I know Circus is performing him, but you're not seeing Circus, you're seeing a completely original character. Yeah. And like I've said with animated characters, you bring no baggage to that relationship. You know, you're not watching an actor yeah, on th- screen. And here. there's no voice, mm. so Exactly, even more so, I didn't even think of that You're not even hearing an actor's voice You're just seeing a a completely, um, a character that exists solely within the confines of this movie And and that's just a really effective way for making
2: Who's a completely new thing to you, because he's so... He is a monkey that you know is going to talk, which is like, blows your head off. It's not a person in makeup. Even if it was an anonymous actor, an unknown actor, you'd still be like, that's a that's a man or a woman under there. So that the spark in their eye where you get that jolt when you see a monkey, you're like, wow, oh, we're very similar. Of course we're similar because you're a human being. None of that is in the way, none of that baggage. And so you just see this pure creation. It's amazing. And also,
1: like... I know I said it earlier so I'm kind of contradicting myself because it is amazing what Wetter have done but at no point are you, you're you not you're not you're not just sort of dazzled by it you're not like wow they yeah, managed to do that yeah. you are watching a character yeah. you're not like over um, it doesn't overshadow what the, the technical achievement doesn't overshadow the character that Caesar is um, and this is this is what we were talking about earlier so Franco uh, visits Caesar uh, and this is where for me the story starts to shift when um, Caesar realises that Franco can't get him out of there And he's got to do shit for himself. Yeah. He's got to start his own journey. And at this point, I'm like, oh, yeah, this is Caesar's story. Perfect. Uh, Thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Next section. Hail Caesar. Obvious. Uh, Caesar has had enough and plans to take control of Chimp Jail. It all starts when Draco Malfoy takes some other members of Slytherin on a weird date night. (laughs) hey, come and see some of my mistreated apes in a grotty prison. Want we'll to have yeah. sex?
2: <laughs> Do you want to come and have a beer in this dirty monkey section? <laughs> it's just a trope of films where you get girls like, oh my God, look, this is where you work. But you just be like, nah, I'm all right, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, if you work at somewhere that doesn't, that doesn't
1: smell of monkey piss and shit... Like, you know, you
2: know, like, because <laughs> even if they were like, "Oh, I work in a zoo, so you can go and see all the animals, and there's no queue, and it's you got up the run of the place." But it's a monkey prison. There's yeah. nothing for. There's not even free booze. So <laughs> I don't get it.
1: Yeah, and so Caesar starts befriending the other apes. Here. He makes friends with Buck the gorilla, Maurice the orangutan, who he can sign with because Maurice came from the circus. Uh, meanwhile, outside Chimp Jail, Lithgow's had enough. He doesn't want the new medicine. Passes away. Uh, but now back at Genesis. It- it's uh, Jacobs who's pushing things forward with this new drug, uh, David Oyelowo, he against Franco's wishes. Like they literally have the opposite conversation to what they had earlier. It's Franco's like, "We don't know the human effects," and Jacobs is like, "The drug works." And uh, clever though, because at this stage, Franco is still, even though you're like, "Where's Caesar?" Um, Franco is still like, you know meant to be a good guy and so this kind of absolves him absolves him of the responsibility of destroying planet Earth with Simeon Flu because it is Jacobs who really who takes the reins and pushes it through yeah so, Frank has gone, put the brakes on this. It's
2: difficult, though, because what Jacobs is pushing through is what Caesar uses to smarten all the other monkeys up. Caesar's your hero. He's a good guy. Mm. So, the drug's all right by him. So, that means really in the, in the audience, you're like, well, the drug's all right by me. So, I think they try and make Jacobs more of a villain here, even though he's just the, the most one note character ever, so that when he gets pushed off the bridge, you're like, yeah, the bad guy got killed. Yeah. But it doesn't work at all. You're just like, who cares if you get killed? Like, why are you the bad guy all of a sudden? Like, mm. it, it's not quite there, I don't think. Yeah.
1: I mean, you know, it, 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 it would, would be interesting if you went. Franco could be the bad guy then, but actually, yeah. you need that at the end.
2: If you need something, yeah. But I, it just—you didn't
1: care when he fell off the bridge, did you? Frida Pinto should be the bad guy.
2: Frida Pinto should do something. Yeah, and that's
1: what I mean. Did yeah. she have something to do? Yeah. I mean, I've barely mentioned her because she barely does anything. I know. Uh, there's one scene where I wrote she's wearing a dressing gown. Yeah, so she's awesome.
2: moved in. I guess the chemistry between those pair. What I mean, fucking hell.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, So uh Franco goes to free Caesar. But now, Caesar's like, nope, uh, I'm staying here. I'm going to be loyal to my eight friends. He's sad about it that he can't leave with Franco because he's still like, I oh, swear I want to go. But that is the kind of big dick move that makes him king chimp. <laughs> so well done, Caesar. Uh, and we'll take a break. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. All right, so we're back. Um, Caesar somehow finds his way back to—he escapes on his own first of all from chimp jail. Finds his way back to his house. I don't know how he does that. Mm. Um, I'm not—I don't really care because it's Caesar doing it. So you sort of forgive the fact that he somehow found his way back. Watches Franco sleep for a bit. Steals the new clever drug. Doses the other apes. Very cool moment. The smoke. Yeah. And visually. <laughs> it's awesome. Love that. And then he waits for them to wake up. And that bit where he's checking each of their eyes as they come out. Just great. We get a little window here into Draco Malfoy's relationship. I feel like, no, Tom Felton's relationship with Brian Cox when he's having the argument with the other guy, yeah, and then really Brian Cox moment. is like, "Oh, I could get more peace at home," and he's like, "I'm sorry, Dad." He says sorry
2: straight away, mm. and he is really sorry, and mm. it's there's such a hint of interesting family dynamic that doesn't quite come out because the brother, he is his brother, isn't he? Tom Felton's brother is. I
1: don't. I thought he was just a simple
0: got uh, another simpler employee. Oh, yeah, I it's, they were it's, a, it's his brother, and I think they cut a few scenes. There was there was more there where he was kinder to the apes than Tom Felton is, and so that's why they yeah. treat him a bit better at the end. And, um, yeah, yeah, there is more to that fi- family dynamic. It just didn't make it into the final cut. Okay. There's certainly more to that. There was an
1: alternate ending, which we'll get onto, which kind of explains that scene a little bit more. Uh, but I didn't know that about the brother. That wasn't, that wasn't something I found out, but that's interesting. Um, yeah. Cause I assumed that they, I assumed that they only didn't kill, kill him later because Caesar, you know, is on this, like, apes don't kill thing. We are better than them. We're not mm. going to kill him. Um, as opposed to the fact that he was kind. Anyway, Brian Cox exhibits the same theme that runs through all these freaking movies of humans, uh, and it's humankind's hubris. He literally sees Caesar, like, giving a lecture to the other apes. I mean, like, he might as well have a chalkboard there, guy. So we go up here, and then <laughs> through here, and then San Francisco. And, then we bridge. Escape. and Brian Cox looks at them, and Caesar actually eyeballs him and goes, yeah. And
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: I'm plotting escaping with my eight mates here. And Brian Cox goes, fine (laughs) (laughs) it can never happen um and so then we get the bit where um the 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 double whammy of and i didn't like the reference in 2001s but i love it here where it's like get your paws off me you damn dirty ape and then caesar going no it's wicked It's so good. Goosebumps, man.
2: But it's all, again, it's not, it's interesting because it's not because, yeah, you stood up to Tom Felton. It's just you're watching that. And that's how you would feel if that happened in real life. That's the magic of what they've done. You don't really care about it for the character because you knew it was coming. He was obviously going to like get out of there. But the fact that he speaks and articulates that bit and it, it sounds like the first word he's ever yeah. said and all of that, it's fucking brilliant.
1: Yeah. It's the emotion of, like, him having having had enough has forced his yeah. ability to speak. Yeah. Oh, that's great. It's great. Um, uh, yeah, and then we get uh, Draco Malfoy. Oh, sorry, no, that's it. We've still got a little bit of time to go. Uh, Franklin outside, busy spreading the simian flu, first giving it to the dickhead neighbour. Always It always creeps me out when people cough blood over your face.
2: Jesus, yeah, obviously. Oh. <laughs>
1: I mean, I'm not saying I'm walking around going, ah, he coughed blood on me. Whatever, it's a Tuesday, but like, <laughs> it's it's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think of like Chris of this this bit where we're seeing on the TVs like the Icarus mission to Mars? Um, you know, because that was a name that was given to Heston's ship in the original Planet of the Apes, and this sort of backdrop of like East, Easter eggs or trying to link it to the original series. I find them a little bit conv- unnecessary, is what I'll say. What do you think?
0: Well, it's because they didn't know which direction to go in with the series, didn't they? If they were, if they got mm. to make a sequel. They were thinking it could it could follow that journey as well, um, and then they decided against that. So now it just seems a little bit frivolous.
1: Yeah, it's it's sort of weird because like the timeline doesn't work for you know. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, I just found them distracting. Uh, right then, uh, so. Time for section six, The Great Escape. Perfect. There we go. Back in the game. Starts with uh, Caesar uh, letting Draco beat him up uh, to show that the other... Uh, um, uh, well, we've done this bit. Sorry. Uh, Draco... Sorry, I jumped ahead. This is the section where Draco Malfoy gets killed with an electrocution spell. Um, <laughs> but importantly, by accident, because he's just about, uh, you know... Caesar's just hosing him down, giving him the treatment he, he received. received him, yeah. So we're already it's very clear that Caesar is not out there murdering people, which is important because he's better than us. Um I do think it's kind of nuts that Draco literally sort of like sees all the apes released from their cage, All these apes that he's been shitty to, and you know he's probably read the same articles you've read. Like mm. the apes apes are dangerous, mm-hmm. and yet he's still with his little toy taser. Goes, I'm going to have the lawyer. <laughs> he runs at them. He tells, it's yeah. like God bless him. <laughs> just, are you nuts? <laughs> yeah. uh, section seven is the apes of wrath. <laughs> Yeah, 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 I told you they got bad. Uh, this is where they they've escaped jape, uh, jape Jail, Ape Ape Jail, and um, they're looking over San Francisco, the city they have to get across to the Redwoods, and that is their plan at this point. I do think that I think I can't I couldn't work it out, but Rick um, Rick Jaffer and Amanda Silva like they didn't write uh, they initially I don't know how much was used, but they were pitching an idea for Jurassic Park, the Jurassic World, that involved really clever dinosaurs free in the real world, but dinosaurs. That carried guns and stuff, and like were trained in the military, like velociraptors with like assault rifles. There's a part of me that thinks they went, Well, that never happened. So I'm going to move that into into this world. But nevertheless, um, uh, the only dodgy bit of CGI in the whole thing is when the apes run into Genesis. It looks a little bit shoddy, but I was looking for it at that point. A lot of exposition in a very short time uh, when uh, it's Linda from Will's team. Uh, Oh,
2: my God. (laughs) This is so piss poor. Go on. Mr. Jacobs, Franklin's died of a viral (laughs) infection. So you work in a fucking lab. Like, this, this is in my change. Like, we can handle a bit of... Uh, technical detail at this point we're not fucking stupid it really wound me up like beyond like I'm running a business here and he's died of a viral infection what virus how when where was he why has he been running around San Francisco (laughs) why did no one tell me he was off sick it's really important James Franco bursts in and someone's like Franklin's not here. He's like, we've he's off sick. I didn't authorize that. It's like you should know where he is. It's really important that you know because you're messing around with this drug. You mean, wait, the
1: guy whose mask came off in the, <laughs> yeah.
2: when it's we were he breathed bl- it in. Oh fuck! I yeah. was
1: licking Cobra when we were pumping him yeah. full of the virus.
2: Probably it's It's just a placeholder line. Franklin's died of a viral infection, yeah. and I think we could do with... Why not dazzle us with pretend science? Well,
1: I mean, to give the full line, it's, Hi, Mr. Jacobs, this is Linda from Will's team. Something horrible has happened. Franklin is dead from a viral infection. He was exposed to the 113. It does something different to people than it does to apes. <laughs> You're like... <laughs> mm. <sighs> <And> breathe, Linda. <laughs> Fucking hell. That was a lot. Um, but it spurs Jacobs into action... Um, I mean, also, they've discovered a lot about Franklin's death very quickly. Yeah. Because they've just found his body. No, Like, they must have immediately done an autopsy and gone, yeah, it's definitely this. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so that's stupid. Jacobs then commandeers a police helicopter on the authority of being an exec at a pharmaceutical <laughs> company. <laughs> yeah.
2: Let me in. Oh, you, what, you worked? Th- oh, God, of course. I'm yeah. oh, sorry. He
1: literally says, trust me, you need to get up there and we need to destroy these apes. And they're like... If yeah, you right. say so.
2: You mean I get to kill a
1: monkey, I'm in.
2: (laughs) But then there is a moment where he doesn't know how to use the... Communication mm. system. So it's like he is a bit of a dick because he's not like, oh, I'm always in helicopters. I know what I'm doing. I liked that moment because it's realistic, but then it's so unrealistic that he'd even have a seat in the helicopter. It's
1: just unrealistic that the police force go, I mean, normally we take orders from the police, <laughs> but why not, dude? What
2: did you say? <laughs> oh, you're CEO of a pharmacop. Oh, God, sorry. Yeah.
1: Gen Sit, like Genesis. <laughs> no, Gen Sit. Gen like Terminator. Get in. <laughs> Uh, anyway, and I also do not think this is what Jacobs' course of action will be. I think a character like Jacobs will be like, "Bye." The the the, the, the apes have escaped the virus. I'm gonna call my lawyer. Mm. Like the first person you're calling is like make it like limiting your responsibility yeah. and putting this on someone else. Yeah, you're not going. Give me a gun. Let's get this chopper. <laughs> so um, I do. I I do like the. Um, The fact that uh, they go and free the apes from the zoo. I think that's kind of cool. And the apes take the spears. I mean, this whole sequence for me is absolutely brilliant. The shot where they smash through one window in the building and the camera pans along the outside and they smash out the other side. Freeing the ape from the animal control van is great. Um, I literally wrote this and I do believe it. This is one of the greatest action climaxes in like the last sort of I don't know, where are we now? The last 10 years. Like, it's phenomenal. There's just every moment in this, like, is either like, wow, or like heartbreaking, or hero moment after hero moment. I'll go through them. Um... Uh, the uh, the fact that it sets the apes up as the underdogs being on the bridge it's like like shooting fish in a barrel. Um, and David Oyelowo going we need to kill the leader that's him uh, <laughs> and uh, you know but then you've got the like little really sad moments where the ape gets shot by the guy in the helicopter and is scrabbling to get back on and then falls to its death screaming and you're like oh Caesar riding out of the fucking fog on that horseback is just goosebumps. Goosebumps moment. And like all the great action sequences that I remember from like cinema, it's based like you've got a fucking cool action sequence. You just want that reaction shot. You want someone to go, the fuck? Because <laughs> yeah. it just doubles your emotion. Cause you're like, yeah. And there's a one of the SWAT team there is like, the fuck? It's a fucking chimp on a horse. And at that moment, I was like, This is so goddamn. Cool. do you
2: see that moment where James Franco shouts his name and he's being this big guy and he's being this leader and he's like we'll storm the bridge and then he shout and he's like oh your dad's come for you <laughs> and he's straight away he's just the, i watched it a million times the look on his face he's like oh fuck like I've got caught it's brilliant
1: <laughs> yeah that's good uh, Buck um I mean, Buck's death is really sad. There's a little bit beforehand, which I, I think it's like because Buck tries to kill someone early on, the gorilla, mm. and Caesar's like, hey, yeah, 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 no, we're not killing. And then later on, where he just chucks someone over the side of the bridge, a cop over the side of the bridge when Caesar's back's turned. And yeah. I, I always think he's like, oh, fuck, he's, he's not going to see us. See. see ya. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, but Buck's sacrifice to save Caesar's life is beautiful, emotional. Interesting that Caesar won't kill Jacobs, but he knows Cobra will, so he leaves it to Cobra.
2: Because
1: mm. as the series goes on, he's like, Cobra, stop being such a dick. But you're like, well, you did sort of go,
0: listen, can you
1: kill this dude favor.
0: for me? We're seeing how he's changed, though, because earlier in the film, he would have helped him when Jacob says, help me. So mm. he doesn't kill him himself, but equally he doesn't help him. So it's he's, he's just showing us how he's changed mentally, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah, very true. And then we were off to the Redwoods. Uh, Franco follows them up there and he hears Caesar speak for the first time, which is again, because <gasps> we've heard Caesar speak, but Franco hasn't. So you get a double whammy of the same thing where he's like, Caesar is home. And then uh, the wonderful uh, denouement of the dickhead neighbor's a pilot and everyone's getting simian flu. Yeah. So there were a few different alternate endings. Um, In the original ending, uh, which uh, the producer Dylan Clark uh, describes as idiotic, uh, the character, James Franco's character, dies. Uh, They were basically going to have it where Brian Cox's character follows them after he finds his son dead which i think sort of goes some way to explaining the fact that even though he seemed like he didn't care like in like was like i'm sorry dad he's like far off i'm going home he actually did really care and when he finds him dead he thinks um you know james franco is responsible in some way and he goes off to the redwoods and kills him dead um And they were like, this is awful. It was a dumb scene, uh, is the truth, is what Dylan Clark says. We have Brian Cox coming out of nowhere and shooting James Franco. The scene dramatically was idiotic and worse. It just made you feel bad. I was like, oh, my God, this is the worst movie ever. (laughs) So they changed that. Uh, there's an other alternate ending Um, so it's uh, Franco's character goes to the primate facility after Caesar has taken over and believes that Caesar has killed Franklin and so he decides to kill Caesar to prevent further bloodshed and takes a poison cookie to the ape jail but it's Cornelia that eats it before Caesar eats it Caesar realises that uh, Will was going to kill him and then later on uh, we find out that he was Cobra, who killed Franklin, uh, will follow Caesar to the jungle and then he takes a bullet for Caesar. Franco dies protecting Caesar. He gets gunned down by the police and then the apes slaughter all the police. Oh, OK. Mm-hmm. And then there was a final scene, uh, which I don't know uh, which ending it was going to go on, where Caesar, there's some time has passed and Caesar scales a building inside walking up and up and up and you're like where's he going and then he pops out and he's standing inside the statue of liberty looking out over a city in flames no just cheap yeah and it would have sort of spoiled the sequels uh right then any more for any more chris no (laughs) there he is very good let's do the bits uh best scene vicky
2: No, (laughs) when Caesar says no. Yeah. Yeah. Just love that so much. Chris?
1: No. (laughs) Okay. Mine is Caesar riding out of the fog on a horse. Am I the only person who thinks it's just fucking incredible where he pops out of nowhere and you're like, yes. (laughs) So good. Uh, That's mine. Uh, MVW, Chris. Most valuable, whatever.
2: Wetter. Hey. B? Andy Serkis. Should have got an Oscar.
1: (sighs) Wetter. Which I guess is kind of, we're all saying the same same thing. thing. Yeah. You, do you actually think that people who do mo uh, cap actors deserve recognition as uh, like a category i mean it's happening more and more but it's, well yeah maybe it's, not it's, it's, i just i don't i fundamentally agree that there should be some recognition of the technical the skill do, of yeah. andy circus doing that but it's very difficult because you know there is digital manipulation of the, of the face it is it's partly obviously andy circus motion, and it's partly wetter like mm. you know adding tiny little details here and there to where the eyes crinkle and, you know, the lips move and stuff. Yeah, you're right. It's a very weird one. But, yeah, I mean, no doubt circus is the dawn at this.
0: Uh, And finally, uh, change. Uh, Chris? uh, I think they should have called it Dawn of the Planet of the Apes.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Agreed. Is that it? Oh, good. What would you like? I've got quite a few. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, get rid of James Franco. I just hate him in this. Okay. I mean, I don't like him much, but uh, do something with the romance. Like, do... It's beyond poor what that romance is supposed to be. Uh, Put her... I don't even know a character name, <clears throat> but Frida Pinto on the opposite side of what James Franco wants somehow. So there's a bit of opposition, a bit of conflict, whatever. Well, there is a little
1: bit, isn't there? She's like, you shouldn't have been meddling. Oh, yeah. I think I wrote this down, actually. She goes, she goes, you really shouldn't have done that. And he goes, yeah, but I didn't. She goes, okay. okay.
2: <laughs> it's fine. Don't worry about it. My honest change, like I said it before, is just, just smarten it up a bit. Like, I just, I think the uh, dignity and the sophistication and the nuance of Andy Circus's characterization of Caesar deserves the foregrounding of a smarter a little bit of back and forth, just a little bit of information dump. Like, we want it. We can handle it. Like, talk about viruses properly. Talk, have a fucking pharmaceutical company that runs like a real pharmaceutical company. It's fine. We can deal with it. When James Franco is like, oh, hey, investors. And then look, here's a little bit of a brain. And then my drug makes your brain go, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> Stupid. I just think he deserves that. I think, and I think it made me feel like angry with like, I'm not that. The Audience isn't that dumb, like we don't need hand holding through. I will not accept Mr. Jacobs, he's died of a viral infection. It's not that good enough. phone
1: call is terrible, yeah. That phone call is terrible because it's quite a lot of information done over a phone call, uh, yeah. as well from someone
2: you've never met. Mm. You don't L- care Linda. who's Linda,
1: who's, yeah. It's yeah, yeah, it's that's pretty bad. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of agree with what you said, I think it's um. It's just a little scrappy in terms of the relationship between Frida Pinto and uh, James Franco's characters. I'm like, let's have... It's
2: just You just had to have a woman in it mm. who is the love interest. And someone's like, well, we've, she's literally in it, so is that enough? And someone went, yeah, definitely. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, then. Uh, one, one last question, because obviously this went on to be a trilogy uh, with, uh, like Chris just said, the wrong way round, but <laughs> Dawn of the Planet of the Apes next. And what's the final one? War for, War for the, the planet, yes. yeah. congratulations, that is correct. Yeah, I just, um, this is my favorite of that trilogy, though. I, I, I find the other two, like, I know people love them, and, and I think Matt Reeves is a brilliant director. I find them quite a little too bleak. Like, mm. this, this, to me, there's a lot more emotion in, yeah. in this film, and like, and I feel I find the other two just a bit too oppressive in tone, which is just my take, Chris.
0: Second one's the best one, interesting.
2: Are you asking me? Mm. Oh, I really like the second one, but I know what you mean about it being a bit heavy in terms of the politics, so I don't know.
1: All right, then. Well, that's neither here nor there because neither of those films are in competition. For the winner this week, it is time for The Verdict. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! All right, then. So, Chris, these were your choices. Would you like to take us through The Verdict? Yeah, Vicky, you want to go first, (gasps) please?
2: Oh, man. Right, I'm going to be really quick because it was a quick... I have flip-flopped a lot, but I am certain. So I really want to give it to Rise of the Planet of the Apes because it's the film I enjoyed the most, just on a very basic level. Um, But James Franco's acting really offends me in it. Like, it's poor and it's borderline unwatchable and I have moaned about the dialogue. Then I want to give it to 68 Planet of the Apes. But if I'm being completely honest, I did find the middle section actually boring. Like, we're in a courtroom for ages and I just don't find that the most exciting use of the I'm interested potential. to where
1: this is going now so you've written off Rise and D. No,
2: no, because I'm going it's obviously not the Tim Burton one right, obviously, okay. no. Okay. Right, I, was, so. I was
1: preparing myself for oh, you really? some
2: sort of like, so mad purple <laughs> where you got yeah.
1: but by power of elimination
2: <laughs> Yeah and we don't do if we were allowed to do well you've got to give it to the first one because it set the template and did all this but we don't do that on this show we have I've been in trouble for that before <laughs> so I'm not going to do that
1: Not on air you haven't I <laughs>
2: was it mais <laughs> comment <laughs>
1: no, no, it was. We did it on the show. We talked about the fact that, you know, just giving it to the original because it spawned the sequels, means that any franchise we ever do, you always have to give it to the original.
2: Yeah. so I'm not going to do that. Okay, but you can do that. if you... I
1: can't. Well, so... not because it's sport. Like, you have to, you can give it to... yeah, yeah.
2: So, but I want to give it to Planet of this, but my reason isn't stronger than, oh, it was first and the rest of it. Because I do find Charlton Heston's character confusing about his motivation and he just shouts at people and gets angry but I know it's meant to be that so basically it's going to come down to a central performance that I think is incredible and so that is obviously Andy Serkis and so I don't want to give it to Rise of the Planet of the Apes in some ways because there are other things that make it quite shit but he takes it somewhere else and I wish it was like I wish the rest of the film was like running at the same pace as he was because then it would just be unreal how good it is but it's good enough so Rise of the Planet of the Apes
0: okay Chris, do you want to go next? No, go on. Do yours, Alex. Even though we all know where you're going. Yeah. Did I make it that obvious? Yes. It was obvious like two weeks ago. Every week you do. Every week. (laughs) (laughs) I'll give it brief.
1: Like, it's just... There's no question for me. Uh, You know what I like. And, you know, like, I like things that are, like, you know, not old movies. (laughs) That's terrible. (laughs) That's not true. I love old movies. I watch a lot of old movies. But come on, Rise of the Planet of the Apes. It's a fucking amazing film. It's so good. Uh, Like, I I genuinely rate that climax. as one of the best action climaxes. Uh, Like I said, in the last decade, you know, Andy Serkis' Caesar, like, Caesar... Oh, it's beautiful. It's only this time because it was his easy prey, <laughs> like uh, like for his performance that I went hard on James Franco. I didn't mind him the first time. It's only now because, like, you know, I'm looking for things to talk about that aren't great in the film that I'm like, yeah, he could
0: be better. But as a film, fucking love it. Rise of the Planet of the eights, done. Chris? I watch a lot of old movies. God, <laughs> I'm not going to qualify it with that if I say that. I'm going to say that I flip-flopped all week on this. Um mm. as Rise is much more sophisticated storytelling, it's better paced. It doesn't have all that weird sexist stuff. But that 68 film is such an achievement and it was such a special thing they did. It was so forward thinking to turn that book into that movie. And you guys know how much I love a twist. And I think the 68 one has maybe the greatest twist in film history. So I'm going for 68 apes.
1: Well, that's good.
0: It feels like it needed a vote.
1: Yeah. Uh, so I think we can all hold our hens. hens? Uh, hold on. Did you bring your hen? <laughs> I've got my hen. Let me just get it out of my bag. Chris. I'll hold it aloft, would you? I sent one round uh, on, a, on a courier, so you should have your hen as well. Hold your hens high. I ate it. But the winner is Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Booyah! Uh, love that. That's great. Fantastic work. So, uh, we already told you what uh, the movies are. we doing next week. We are back on Monday. Uh, so, literally, just like, a, you know, it's Saturday now. So it's on Monday. Right, yeah, we're back on Monday uh, talking uh, about Rosemary's Baby versus The Omen next week. That'll be Thursday's show. If you haven't watched them yet, you do your homework, and we will see you then in the meantime. Uh, get in touch on Twitter, at ClashPod, on Instagram, at ClashPod. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.
0: This was a Stack
2: Production and part of the Acast Creative Network.